All right, praise the speed to our loving Amba that we are gathered once again to study his words and his commands. Today we'll talk about some of the criticisms concerning our observance of Sabbath from some ministers of the gospel. Of course, I'm not going to mention the names of the ministers who have given these criticisms concerning what we are presently doing in the assembly of Yahusha. So this came actually uh, from a viewer question and the question is based on some audio clips that we're going to share with you, although we're not going to actually hear the audio clips, but this is what the question is based upon. Let's go ahead and take a look. Uh, dear Kajan, my question comes from the sermons I heard from blank and blank. These are the ministers of the Gospels. Uh, seems to be saying that Yahushua should not be observing Sabbath because Yahushua did not observe it. Also, it says... Uh, that it's wrong to observe Sabbath because we should be thinking of God every day and not just on Sabbath. Now, what is your explanation about it? Well, I attach the audio of the sermons below. Thank you so much, Kajan. So they did attach the audio uh, in the sermon in, in the th this question that was given to me. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the first question that was raised by this viewer. The first one being. Um, does it mean if you're Yahushin, you should not observe Sabbath because Yahusha did not observe it? And so what was the basis of this question? It came from one of the audio clips that was submitted to me. Uh, I'm going to give you a verbatim transcription of the content of the audio, audio clip. And this is what it says as transcribed. It's kind of tiny fonts, but let me go ahead and read it. They said to him, how are your eyes open? He replied, the man called Yahushua made mud and smeared it on my eyes and said to me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I obtained my sight. He asked, where is he? He said, I do not know. Then they conducted uh, to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Then it was on the Sabbath thou that Yahushua mixed the mud and opened the man's eye. So now again, the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. And he said to them, he smeared mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. You know, before we continue reading this thing, looks like the Pharisees is actually interrogating uh, this blind man who was, given, who was given back his sight. Would he? Like an interrogation, those Pharisees, I want to relate the story to what we experience in the former church uh, we came from or institution. Let's continue then. Let's continue. Then some of the Pharisees said, this man, uh, Yahusha, is not from God because he does not observe uh, the Sabbath. Let me repeat that. One of the Pharisees said, this man, Yahusha, is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. But the other said, how can a man who is a sinner, a bad man, do such signs and miracles? Now we would like you to take note of why you know what the Pharisees was actually telling about Yahusha the Christ. They were saying that Yahushua the Christ is not from God. Why? There's the reason there. Because he does not observe the Sabbath. Do you, Yahushua? Do you follow Yahushua? Why are you observing the Sabbath? Hmm. That's only a question. And so according to this passage, the transcription of an audio clip, it posed the question at the bottom, which says, do you, Yahushua, do you follow Yahushua? Why are you observing Sabbath? Hmm, that's only a question. So minister one is implying that following Yahushua means not observing Sabbath. 
because Yahusha did not observe the Sabbath. That's why that's the basis of his conclusion and his question. He's telling us if you are a true Yahushan, you should not follow or observe the Sabbath because Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath. Now, where did he get this conclusion from? Or where did he get this factoid from? Because he does not observe the Sabbath. But Yahushua does not observe the Sabbath. He got this from a passage he read and he even repeated it. Let me repeat that. One of the Pharisees said, this man Yahushua is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. And so minister one obtained a passage from scripture which tells us that Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath, thereby making the conclusion, if you are a true Yahushua, according to him, then you should not also follow the Sabbath. However, this passage where he got this from, we need to look into so that we can establish the truth and separate the, the wheat from the chaff. Let's go ahead and look at uh, John chapter 9, 10 to 12. This was the passage that he cited. How then were your eyes open? They asked, he replied, the man they called Yahushua made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know. He said, let's keep reading. 13 and 16. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Yahushua had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. And I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And so this was the biblical passage used by minister number one to make the conclusion that Yahushua does not keep the Sabbath. Now, I want you to take a, a close look at this biblical passage. Do you notice who said that Yahushua does not keep the Sabbath? Who said that? Who said that our king Yahushua does not keep the Sabbath? If you notice, it was the Pharisees. The Pharisees said concerning Yahushua, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Did King Yahushua say he does not keep the Sabbath? No. Did King Yahushua ever eradicate or remove the Sabbath? No. But the Pharisees make the accusation that Yahushua does not keep the Sabbath. And so apparently minister number one believes the Pharisees who said that Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath. Now let's ask the question, maybe the Pharisees were right. And so we have to ask ourselves, why did the Pharisees make the conclusion and the accusation that Yahushua uh, did not observe the Sabbath? Let's go back to John 9, 13 and 16. Yahushua had made the mud and opened the man's eyes on the day of a Sabbath. And so according to the Pharisees, Yahushua broke the Sabbath because on a Sabbath day, he made mud and he opened the man's eyes. In other words, he made mud and he healed the blind man. And so the Pharisees believe that making mud and healing the blind man was the equivalent of breaking the Sabbath. And so we need to test that. Is it biblical to say that if you make mud and you heal an individual, you are breaking the Sabbath? And so for us to answer, we need to go back to the Old Testament, right? What does 
the Holy Scriptures, the Torah, actually teach us about Sabbath day. And so let's go ahead and put that to the test. Is it biblical to forbid a person from making mud and from healing a person on a Sabbath day? Exodus 28 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahuwah your God. In it, you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, Yahuwah made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so according to the Torah, according to the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba, what is forbidden on the day of Sabbath. The Bible says you shall do no work. We know this about the Sabbath. You see, for the Pharisees, making mud and healing a person is equivalent to what? Work. And so we need to look into the Old Testament and find out what is included in the work, quote unquote, that is forbidden on the day of Sabbath. In actuality, the Bible is very vague about what is considered work. It doesn't give you a strict list of rules that you are to follow. And if you break them, it is breaking the Sabbath. The Bible gives us guidelines. It doesn't give us a strict rule concerning work on the Sabbath. What is one guideline? Well, all we need to do is look at the word work as defined here in Exodus chapter 20. What is that Hebrew word used for work that we are not allowed to practice on the day of Shabbat? Well, let's look at the Blue Letter Bible again. And this is what it says, not do any work on Sabbath, Shabbat, right? The Hebrew word for work is Hebrew 4399, malacha, which means what? Occupation, work, business. And so the word work refers to gainful employment. And so what is forbidden on the day of Shabbat is if we will work making a living, an occupation, whether it be an employee or an employer, we are not allowed to practice that on the day of Shabbat. Now, of course, we talked about this already before, right? Because there are people who are unable to get Saturdays off. I do believe Yahuwah Abba is going to be merciful. Yahusha is going to be merciful. However, if possible, if we can, let us ask for the day off, our day off on a Shabbat, because this is in accordance with the will of Yahuwah Abba. What also must we understand about the term work that we are not allowed to pursue on the day of Sabbath? Exodus 34, 21, six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest, you shall rest. What also is not allowed on the day of Sabbath? Well, we find here the word work again, but it's a different Hebrew word. This time the Hebrew word abad is used, Hebrew 5, 6, 4, 7. What is the essence of abad? Well, it says here enslave, labor, enslavement. And so when a person becomes enslaved in something, even if this person is not receiving monetary compensation, in other words, it's not a source of occupation, it's not a job, but he's enslaved in doing it, something that has nothing to do with Yahuwah Abba, well, that is also considered work 
that is forbidden on the day of Shabbat or, or the day of rest. Because we know there are some people who are workaholics, right? Even on the day of rest, what will they do? They will pursue so many things. And so to give us a guideline about what is allowed and what is not allowed, the Bible tells us, well, the main things are, let us make sure if it's possible, okay? Because we know that there are some instances where it's not possible for some of us. If it's possible, let us refrain from working, meaning our employment on the day of Sabbath. And also, let us not pursue any kind of labor that will keep us away from our focus on Abba. And so one principle that we need to remember as a guideline when it comes to what we can do on the day of Shabbat is Exodus 23, 12. Take note, there are no strict rules, a list of things you can and cannot do. There's nothing like that in the Old Testament. But this is another guideline. Exodus 23, 12, six days your work, six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work so that your ox and your donkey may rest and the slave born in your household and the aliens as well may be refreshed. What is the purpose of this command of Yahuwah Abba that we will rest on the seventh day? His purpose is so that we will be refreshed. And so one guideline that we can use in determining what we can do to properly observe Shabbat, ask ourselves, is what I'm doing making me refresh? Does it result in recuperation, restoration of my mind, body, soul, and spirit? And so if we are engaged in something that is detracting us or removing us from this experience of freshness, refreshing, then that is considered work. And so purpose of Yahuwah Abba, one of the purposes of Yahuwah Abba is for us to find refreshment so that we can enjoy Yahuwah Abba. And so when we look at the Old Testament and look for the prohibitions, what we are not allowed to do on the Sabbath, you cannot find this teaching that you cannot place mud in the eyes of another person. It doesn't mention that you are not allowed to receive healing from another person on the day of Shabbat. It's not in the Torah. If it's not in the Torah, then where did it come from? Well, let's read the source of these rabbis and the Pharisees. The Mishnah lists 39 major types of labors forbidden on the Sabbath day. Want to pause there for a while? The different rules that the Pharisees came up with concerning proper observance of the Shabbat. Did that come from the book of Exodus? Did that come from Deuteronomy? Did that come from the Torah? No, it came from the Talmud, which are oral traditions, man-made teachings, which they believe are correct interpretations of the observance of the Torah. So these are man-made teachings. The first part of the Talmud is called the Mishnah. The Mishnah lists 39 major types of labors forbidden on the Sabbath day. And so this is not written in the book of Exodus. It's not written in the Torah, but it is written in the Talmud. The first 11 of these were steps in the preparation of bread, sowing, plowing, reaping, binding, sheaves, threshing, winnowing, selecting, grinding, sifting, kneading, and baking. 
The next 12 apply to the preparation of clothing from the shearing of sheep to sewing of, of cloth. These laws are followed by seven steps in preparing the corpse of a deer for use as food or for leather. The remaining items deal with riding, building, kindling, and putting out of fires and carriage of things from one location to another. In addition to these major regulations, there were countless, how many is countless? It doesn't specify here. It means a lot, right? Like really a lot. There were countless other provisions concerning the observance of the Sabbath. The most known is the Sabbath day's journey, somewhat less than two, which is basically, they say you cannot travel uh, on the Sabbath day. And the most you can travel or walk is two-thirds of a mile. But that's not in Torah. It is also counted as Sabbath breaking to look in a mirror fixed on the wall or even to light a candle. So you can't light a candle. You can't look at yourself in the mirror that's on the wall. This is all breaking of the Sabbath. According to who? According to man-made rules. According to Pharisees. According to Sadducees. But not according to the Torah. And so we need to understand when Yahushua, our king, was here on earth preaching the gospel, guess what? There were so many that was added to the Torah that was never meant for, for it to be added. And so what did our king Yahushua say about these additions to the Torah? Matthew 16, 6, 11, and 12. Then Yahushua said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood what he did not tell them, to beware of the leaven of bread, physical bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So what did our King Yahushua call the man-made doctrines in the Talmud, the Mishnah, which speak about what is allowed, not allowed concerning the laws and teachings of Moses in the Torah. What did our King Yahushua say about these man-made doctrines? Leaven, right? Leaven, when he spoke about leaven, he wasn't referring to the leaven of actual physical bread. He was referring to the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, man-made traditions, man-made laws that they added to the pure the pure teachings of Yahuwah, Abba. Do you see why our King Yahushua was angry? That's one of the reasons why he came. That's why he said, I came, I, I came here not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And to fulfill it properly, you need to begin to restore the law. And this is what Yahushua is doing. He's bringing it back to its pure form, to its pure state. The Torah, including the, the Torah of the Sabbath. Now, what's an example of leaven or man-made doctrines? Let's read the book of Mark 7, 1 of 5. And the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews uh, do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace... They do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, 
like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and coaches. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? So what's an example of man-made doctrines that Yahushua called and referred to as leaven? Here's an example. The disciples of our King Yahushua and Yahushua himself was accused by these Pharisees of not following tradition. What tradition were they referring to? Washing their hands in a special way, right? Because before you eat or before you do something, there was a list of regulations that they came up with so that they would not defile the food that they're going to eat. And so our King Yahushua, when he was confronted with that question, why do you and your disciples not follow these rules concerning washing of hands according to the tradition of the elders? What was the response of our King Yahushua? Six to seven, he answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What was the response of our King Yahushua when the Pharisees and the Sadducees were accusing him and his disciples of not following the Talmud, the traditions of the Jews? Our King Yahushua says these are not the, uh, commandments from Yahuwah. Instead, they are the commandments of men. And he accused them. And said to them, why are you teaching uh, man-made doctrines, commandments of men, as though they were teachings of Yahuwah Abba? And so one thing was clear for our King Yahushua. He did not want to elevate the Talmud. He did not want to elevate the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees to the, to the level of the command of Yahuwah Abba. He wanted them to see that. They need to remove this leaven. What also are examples of leaven or man-made traditions and the danger it presents? The book of Mark 7, 8 to 13. For laying aside the commandments of God, you hold the tradition of men. According to our King Yahushua, because of your traditions, you are forced to lay aside the commandment of Yahuwah Abba. What's an example of this tradition? Corbin. Because of Corbin, when you declare something a gift for God, you no longer are able to fulfill the commandment of God. What is the command of God? Honor your father and your mother. You can see that on the screen, right? And so our King Yahushua is telling them, because of your traditions, you nullify the word of Yahuwah Abba. And so he concludes in verse 12, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. And so there is leaven concerning defilement. There is leaven concerning honoring father and mother. There is leaven also about the Sabbath. We showed you the leaven, countless regulations about the proper observance of Sabbath. It was never in the Torah. The Torah never gave a list of things to do and not to do on the Sabbath. He gave us guidelines, one of which is for the purpose of refreshment and dedication to Yahuwah 
Abba. And so we need to know, okay, what's the Torah concerning uh, the Sabbath? What works were permitted by our Lord Yahusha? And so what we need to do is to compare. We're going to compare now the works on the Sabbath according to the Pharisees and according to Lord Yahusha. Compare and contrast. Is that okay? Can we do that so that we can see whether or not our King Yahusha broke Sabbath? Because that's the main point, right? Did Yahusha really break Sabbath? And so we need to compare the works forbidden according to the Pharisees and the works permitted according to our King Yahusha. Luke 4 verse 16, because there are those who believe that Yahusha already uh, abolished the Sabbath, but that's not true. In fact, in Luke 4 16, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So according to Yahushua, it is not forbidden for you to go to the synagogue, have fellowship with other believers, and worship Yahuwah Abba. So that is allowed. There's no debate there. Even the Pharisees did that, right? Even the scribes did that. They, made on, they met in the synagogues on a Sabbath day because it was practice in the Old Testament. There was a reading of the law. There's a holy convocation, an assembly during the days of Sabbath. So there's no debating that. So on the days of Sabbath, we are, in fact, encouraged to fellowship with other believers and to worship Yahuwah Abba. What also does Yahusha teach us about the Sabbath? What also has, is revealed concerning what is proper and what is not proper? Let's look at what the uh, Pharisees have to say about what is not proper. Matthew 12, 1 to 2. At that time, Yahushua went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. You know, this passage has been misused, misinterpreted, and abused to teach that Yahushua and his disciples broke the Sabbath. That's not what it's saying here. Who's making the accusation again? That the disciples broke the Sabbath. Who is it? The Pharisees. He goes to Yahushua, the Pharisees, they go to Yahushua and say, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Well, what did the disciples do? What did they do? They plucked heads of grain and they ate. Is there a prohibition in the Torah that prohibits an individual, a person, from plucking heads of grain and eating it. There's none. There is none in the Torah. What the Torah says, you cannot plow, right? You cannot uh, work and harvest. But you're picking grains to eat. That is within Torah. And so why did the Pharisees believe that the disciples of Yahushua were breaking Torah or breaking Sabbath? Well, let's go back to the Mishnah. Remember the Mishnah? Uh, according to the Pharisees, plucking wheat from its stem is reaping. <laughs> That's reaping to them. Rubbing the wheat heads between one's palms is threshing. And blowing away the shaft is winnowing. And according to their rules, not the Torah, but their rules, that is breaking up the Sabbath. This is why the accusation of the Pharisees against the disciples of Yahushua is not based on the Torah. It's based on the Mishnah. It's based on their Talmud. It's based on Levin. <laughs> and so it's not based upon the truth of Yahuwah Abba. And so what was the reply of our King Yahushua when his disciples were being accused? 
what are what is permitted on the days of Sabbath. Let's read Matthew 12, 3 down to 8. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law? Take note. Yahusha is referring to what? The law. Have you not read in the law? On the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known that, what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, the disciples. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so when the Pharisees were accusing the disciples of breaking the Sabbath when they plucked the heads of wheat, right? What did our King Yahushua say? What did he say is permissible on the days of Sabbath? Well, he said David ate when he was hungry the forbidden showbread. What does this tell us? Yahushua is telling us on the days of Sabbath, we are permitted to do works that will preserve life. This is why, for example, we understand there are some people whose work is the work of preserving life, right? Uh, people in the police force, maybe people who in the medical field. And so that kind of work, uh, our King Yahusha understands that is allowable, permissible in the context of what our King Yahusha is saying here. What else is permissible? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? And so working in the temple, in other words, worshiping Yahuwah Abba is permissible. What else? The Bible says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And so working on helping individuals, expressions of mercy, works of mercy and compassion, that is also permissible. For example, remember the teaching of Yahusha concerning the person who was uh, found half dead, and there was the Levite and the, who's the other one? The Levite and the priests, they see him, but they don't help. Maybe it was on a Sabbath day, right? But here comes another person, a Samaritan sees the person who is in need, and what does he do? He helps this person. It's an act of what? Mercy. What else does it do? It preserves life. Remember the principle in the book of Exodus, it is for the purpose of reviving, right? Restoring, refreshing, anything like that. That's permissible according to our King Yahusha. What right does our King Yahusha to teach us about the Sabbath? Well, he's Lord even of the Sabbath. This is why when we want to know what is permissible, what is not permissible, we go to Yahusha, not the Pharisees. Why will you believe the Pharisees over Yahusha? We must believe the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord of the Sabbath is who? Our king, Yahushua. What else is uh, not lawful according to the Pharisees? Well, Matthew 12, 9 to 10. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? So according to the Pharisees, it's not lawful to heal on the Sabbath. But is that biblical? 
is not based on Torah. Let's hear the explanation of the living Torah himself, our King Yahusha, Matthew 12, 11 to 13. Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good. Do you hear that? It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And it was restored as whole as the other. And so according to the Pharisees, you cannot heal a person on the day of Sabbath. But according to our King Yahushua, it is good to help a person on the day of Sabbath. Who are we going to believe? Yahushua or the Pharisees? Did Yahushua break the Sabbath? No. In fact, he said, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. When he said it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, what is he doing? He's restoring the proper observance of Sabbath according to the law, not the leaven. And so we have two choices here. We can either observe the Sabbath according to the leaven or according to the law. What is one purpose for Yahusha's ministry? To remove the leaven so you're left only with the law. The restoration of the law, including the restoration of the proper observance of Sabbath according to the law or the Torah. And so according to Yahushua, based upon the law or the Torah, it is good. It is good to do good on the Sabbath. What else uh, does our King Yahushua uh, tell us about the Sabbath? What is also revealed about the Sabbath? Let's read the book of Luke uh, 13, uh, 10 to 13. On a Sabbath, Yahushua was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Yahushua saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. What also King Yahushua do on a Sabbath? that caused the Pharisees uh, to accuse him of breaking the Sabbath when he healed a crippled woman who has been crippled for how long? 18 years. Did you notice what our King Yahusha said to the woman? Woman, what does it say? You are set free from your infirmity. Do you remember the word abad? Abad? Because our King Yahuwah said in the book of Exodus that we are to remove ourselves from enslavement, right? On the day of Shabbat. Is this woman enslaved? Yes or no? Yeah. What should be done with enslavement, especially on the day of Shabbat? They should be set free. What is our King Yahushua doing here? Is he following uh, the Torah? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? What would be in violation of the Torah is if Yahushua has the power to set this woman free on the day of Shabbat and he doesn't do it, that would be a breaking of Shabbat, right? And so what did he do? He did not break Shabbat. He observed Shabbat. What's the proof? He set the woman free from enslavement, from infirmity. And so he said to the woman, you are set free from your infirmity and immediately 
she was straightened up and praised God. And of course, what did the detractors have to say? Verse 14, indignant because Yahusha had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those six days, not on the Sabbath. Wait a minute. The Sabbath is supposed to be a day of freedom for your animals, for your slaves. It's a day of freedom, no bondage, no yoke, no enslavement. And you see how the Pharisees turn it around. You cannot have that freedom on Sabbat. But on the other days, you can. <laughs> they completely switched it. They completely changed it. And so Yahusha came here to restore it. And so on the Sabbath, on, on Sabbath, what did he do? He healed this woman and set her free. And so what was the explanation of our King Yahusha? Luke 13, 15 and 17. Uh, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his top, uh, ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give, what, to give it water? Isn't that what the book of Exodus tells us to do? Even give rest to the animals, right? And so you untie it. And so then, then should this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free? On the Sabbath day from what bound her. When he said this, all the opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was going. I'm sure minister number one is probably going to agree with the, the Pharisees, right? But Yahusha did not agree with the Pharisees. The day of Sabbath, the day of Sabbath, it should be the day when your bondage is severed. And you have freedom. This is why healing on the day of Shabbat. It is Torah. And so Yahushua restored Torah once again. What also is not permitted. Which is very laughable according to the Pharisees. John 5, 5 to 8. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Yahushua saw him lying there. And learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool where the water is stirred. While, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Yahushua said to him, get, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And so here's an invalid who has been an invalid for 38 years. And our king Yahushua sees the opportunity for him to be set free from his enslavement. Enslavement to what? Enslavement to physical handicaps, enslavement to sickness, right? And so Yahushua says, pick up your mat and walk. What do the Pharisees say? John 5, 9 to 10, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat, walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Can you imagine that? You can't carry your mat on the Sabbath. Just scratching. What is that? Uh, scratch. No, S M H. What does that mean? Shaking my head. Right? These Pharisees came up with countless regulations and laws called what again? Leaven. Right? That they added to the Torah. Our King Yahusha came here to remove the Torah, to, to remove the, the leaven. So all you have is the pure what? Torah, the pure law. That's what our King Yahusha came to do. And he destroyed the leaven of the Pharisees, including and especially the leaven 
that surrounded the Torah about the Sabbath. And so when we look and compare the works on the Sabbath, this is what the Pharisees say. So I mean, there's a lot more, but of course, based on what we've studied, works forbidden by Pharisees, pluck heads of grain to eat. Can't do that. Killing a person, can't do that. Carrying your mat, you can't do that. You can't put mud in someone else's eyes. You can't do that. That's what the Pharisees say. And so when we look at these rules, this, this leaven that was added by the Pharisees, are they causing refreshment? No. They're bringing them additional burdens. This is why Matthew 23, our King Yahushua criticized the Pharisees, telling them you're making it hard for them to receive salvation because of all these rules. You gave them burdens. And on the day of Sabbath, instead of receiving refreshment and freedom, what did they have? Burdens. It goes against the principle of Exodus 23, 12. And so that's the leaven that our King Yahushua removed. And so what did our King Yahushua permits when we celebrate Sabbath? Works permitted by Lord Yahushua, works that preserve life. Works of worshiping Yahuwah. Work, works of showing mercy, works of doing some good, works of meeting together with other believers to have fellowship and worship. That's all permitted by our king, Yahusha. So who are we going to follow? What team are we going to side with? Team Pharisees or team Yahusha? I would side with team, Yahu, uh, with the team Yahusha, not the team Pharisees. Why? Why should, it, why should we listen to our king Yahusha and not the Pharisees? Well, let's read Mark 2, 27, 28. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Who should we listen to? The Pharisees or, the, or Yahusha? We have to listen to Yahusha. Why? Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. What does it mean that he's Lord of the Sabbath? He's the one who can teach us about how to properly observe the Sabbath. And that's exactly what he did. Being Lord of the Sabbath, he did not abolish the Sabbath. Can you imagine? He's Lord of the Sabbath, and he says, oh, you don't need to follow the Sabbath. It doesn't make sense. He's Lord of the Sabbath because he restored the Sabbath to its proper position, to its proper pure form, the Torah of Sabbath, because he is the living Torah, right? And what does the Torah say about the Sabbath? It is made for our refreshment. This is why Yahushua says the Sabbath was made for man. That's the principle of our King Yahushua. This is what he tells us to observe the Sabbath according to his ways, not according to the Pharisees and the leaven, right? And so if we go back to ministers one, minister one's argument, right, back in the transcription, he says, let's continue then. Some of the Pharisees said this, said, said, this man, Yahusha, is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. Let me repeat that. One of the Pharisees said, this man, Yahusha, is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. Now we would like you to take note of why. You know what the Pharisees was actually telling about Yahusha the Christ. They were saying that Yahusha the Christ is not from God. Why? There's the reason there. Because he does not observe the Sabbath. Do you, Yahushin? Do you follow Yahusha? Why are you observing Sabbath? Hmm, that's only a question. And so when we look at this argument, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Because he's saying we should not follow the Sabbath 
because Yahusha did not observe the Sabbath. Is that true? He's not observing the Sabbath of the Pharisees, but he is observing the Sabbath of who? Yahuwah. The law, the Torah. This is why you cannot use this because it's based upon the conclusion of the Pharisees. Apparently, this minister is siding with the Pharisees. He's team Pharisees, not team Yahushua. Because he's believing the Pharisees, not our king, Yahushua. And what is even more striking is if he will believe the Pharisees, that our king Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath, then what also must he be forced to accept? Well, in his own message, which he quoted from the Bible, they were saying that Yahushua the Christ is not from God. There's a reason there, because he does not observe the Sabbath. The Pharisees who accuse Yahushua of not observing the Sabbath are also saying in that same statement that Yahushua is not from who? God. And so this minister, if he will believe that Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath, then he also believes that Yahushua is not from who? God. Be careful, brethren. We have to test every message that comes from so-called ministers of the gospel. And so if we will ask his question, right? Because he's asking the question, do you follow Yahushua? Are you observing Sabbath? Hmm, that's only a question. Well, we throw the question back at him. Do you follow Yahushua? Why are you not observing the Sabbath according to the Torah? <laughs> Didn't uh, Lord Yahushua say that he is the Lord of the Sabbath? Do you believe that? Do you believe he's the Lord of the Sabbath? And follow the Sabbath according to him and according to the Pharisees. Right? You see, the true followers of Yahusha observe the Sabbath according to the teachings of Yahusha and not according to the leaven of the Pharisees. Okay, so that's part one. <laughs> Let's go to part two, which is a little more entertaining, actually. Uh, it is wrong to observe Sabbath because we would be thinking of God every day and not just Sabbath. And so this came from an audio clip in Filipino. In Filipino, this is how it's transcri uh, transcribed. Alam nyo, may mga naniniwala sa araw ng Sabbath ngayon na mahalaga daw gawin yan. Kaya ewan. Kung gagawin nila yung huwag ka munang magluto. Ewan ko ba? Bakit may mga ganong naniniwala? Ano? Kaya para sa kanila, ang araw daw ng Sabbath, ang puso mo, ang isip mo, itudo mo kay Yahuwah. Eh di tuwing araw ng Sabado lang. Ganun lang ba yun? Eh kami sa, sa, kami sa, I'm not gonna mention which group, eh kami sa iglesia ni araw-araw eh. Araw-araw ng sabat. Yeah, hindi na silang tatrabaho. Araw-araw eh. Di ba ibigin mo ang Diyos ng buong puso mo, buong lakas at buong kaluluwa mo? Eh di bawat sandali iniisip, mo na, iniisip namin si Yahuwa. Eh kayo pala kung sabado lang. Eh, kawawa naman pagka ganun. Eh, minsan, mahirap yung sumusobro ng talino natin eh. <laughs> so that's what it says there, right? And we, tr we translated it in English to the best of our ability. Okay, you have a Tagalog if you want to review the translation. But this is the English translation I came up with to the best of my ability, okay? But I separated into seven statements because these seven statements we're going to test. Uh, this is in the English. You know, there are those who believe that the day of Sabbath is important to be observed even today. So I don't know if they will actually cease from cooking for what. I don't know why there are people who believe that, you know. 
So for them on Sabbath day, your heart, your mind, you give fully to Yahuwah. So it's only for Saturdays? Is that it? But here in the blank blank, it's every day. Love your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, right? So then every moment you think of Yahuwah, but you do it only on Saturdays? How pitiful if that is the case. That's why being too intelligent can be a problem. <laughs> That's the translation. And so there are seven statements here, seven statements we're going to analyze. And we can tell you right front, all these seven statements are erroneous, right? All seven statements are erroneous. We're going to show that to you. Let's go with the first statement. You know, there are those who believe that the day of Sabbath is important to be observed even today. Of course there are, because there are those who say the Sabbath has been abolished. This is why he's so surprised. What? There are people today who believe the Sabbath? Why, can they, why do they believe in the Sabbath? It was abolished by Yahushua. Oh, no. What's the proof? Matthew 5, 17 to 19. Do not think that I have come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. I have not come to do away with them, but to make their teachings come true. How? First, by removing the leaven. So all you have is the pure law, the Torah, right? And then fulfilling it as a way of example for them to follow. Remember that as long as heaven and earth last, not the least point nor the smallest detail of the law will be done away with, not until the end of all things. So then whoever disobeys even the least important of the commandments and teaches others to do the same will be least in the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, whoever obeys the law and teaches others to do the same will be great in the kingdom of heaven. So why is he surprised that there are people who follow Sabbath today? Well, we're supposed to follow it. Why? Our King Yahusha said he did not come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. What's included in the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophets? Observance of Sabbath. Sabbath according to the Pharisees? No. Sabbath according to the Torah. That's why law of Moses. You cannot say, okay, we follow nine commandments, oh, but the one on Sabbath we will not do. It doesn't make any sense. The Bible says not even the least point nor the smallest detail of the law will be done away with, including what? The Sabbath. Not until the end of all things. So we ask minister number two, do you believe what our King Yahushua is teaching right there? If you do, then you should not be surprised that there should be people who will be observing the Sabbath. Did the king himself abolish Sabbath? No. Matthew 12, 8, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He did not abolish it. He established it. He refined it. He purified it so that it is pure. Torah, not leaven added, right? What else? How about his disciples? When he was in the grave, take a look at his disciples. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Which commandment? Commandment of Moses, right? What else? Uh, does Yahusha acknowledge Sabbath even during the latter parts of the ends of the earth? Matthew 24, 20. The Bible says before the great tribulation, right? He acknowledges what? Sabbath. Truth of the matter is in Acts 13, 16, 17, 18, 20, they all observe the Sabbath. The apostles, James, John, Paul, Peter, they observe the Sabbath. Why? Is there this tradition now, which is accepted by Catholicism, Protestantism, INC? Why is there this tradition now that there is no more Sabbath, instead there is the Sunday? 
That's because Constantine came and abolished the Sabbath. It wasn't Yahusha who abolished the Sabbath. It was Constantine, right? It was the devil who abolished the Sabbath, not our king, Yahusha. Yahusha restored it. And so even though it was abolished by Constantine and the religions that are associated with, quote, unquote, Babylon, removed the Torah of uh, the Sabbath, what must be restored according to the prophecy? Isaiah 66, in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be Sabbath. And even before the restoration, what is expected by Yahuwah Abba from those who proclaim the name and are called by that name. In Isaiah 56, 46, the uh, Bible says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give for the name. I give them is an everlasting one. I will, it will never disappear. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to Yahuwah, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and who hold fast to my covenant. For the sovereign Yahuwah who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too besides my people Israel. And so even before the millennial kingdom, what is expected by Yahuwah Abba from those who love his name and are called by the everlasting name that he has proclaimed? Bible says they too will observe what? Sabbath. And so he should not be surprised. Why is he saying, you know, there are those who believe in the day of Sabbath is important to be observed even today. It's important. It may not be important to you, but it's important to Yahuwah. And it's important to Yahusha. And so I would rather side with Yahuwah and Yahusha than with minister number two. What else? Well, so I don't know if they will actually cease from cooking for a while, that explains a lot. This is why it's troublesome for some to observe the Sabbath because they're thinking, you know, if I observe the Sabbath, I'm not gonna eat on the Sabbath. I am they don't, they don't want to starve. Wait a minute, is that what Yahuwah say? Starve on Sabbath? You cannot cook on Sabbath? No, that's not what the Bible says. In fact, my challenge is, where does the Bible say, right? Where does the Bible say that you cannot cook on Sabbath? Is that in the Bible? You cannot cook on Sabbath? I don't think so, right? And even if the Bible does say you cannot cook on Sabbath, it doesn't mean you cannot eat on Sabbath, right? So it's saying, it just says, oh, we need to know what it actually says. But even if it says you cannot cook on Sabbath, what must be our mentality as followers of Yahuwah? Psalms 40 verse 8, I delight to do your will. Oh my God, and your law is within my Part because minister number two seems to be troubled by the burden. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually do that. I don't know if I can actually cease from cooking. I like to cook because I like to eat. But you know, the Bible says if we really love Yahuwah, right, we will delight in his commands and his commands are not what? Burdensome. But let's put that to the test. Does the Bible actually teach that you're not allowed to cook? On the day of Sabbath? I don't think so. Do you know where they get this idea that you're not, allowed, you're not allowed to cook on Sabbath? They get this from Exodus 16. Let's look at Exodus 16. Exodus 16, 17 to 20. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the Omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as he needed. 
Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. And so what this was about was during the wilderness journey, when Yahuwah God uh, poured, what did he give to his people Israel? What is that holy bread called? <laughs> manna, right? And so what was the instruction concerning the manna? They were supposed to collect the manna every day, except for the seventh day, right? And so for one to six days, they're supposed to collect manna. But how much are they supposed to collect? How much manna? Just enough as needed, not too much, right? And if, and the instruction also in verse 20, it says, however, some of um, each gathered as much as needed, then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. And so if you had too much, maybe you gathered too much and you had leftovers, you're, you're not supposed to keep the leftover mana, right? You, because you're supposed to go back the following day to gather the mana for yourself. So that was the instruction. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. So what did they do with the leftover um, mana? They kept it. They weren't supposed to keep it. And so because they kept it, violated the instruction of Moses, what happened to the mana? It was full of maggots and began to smell. And so they were supposed to only collect what was good for that day. Monday, collect for Monday. Tuesday, collect for Tuesday, right? Until all the way to Friday, which is called preparation day. What is the instruction on a Friday? In Exodus 16, 22, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. So the instruction for the days, you, you gather as much as you need for one day, right? But on Friday, the day before the Shabbat, how much are you supposed to gather? How much? For two days, basically. That's what it's saying. Instead of one omer, you gather two omers for each person. Why? Because on Sabbath, you're not supposed to do what work? You're not supposed to be gathering. You're not supposed to be harvesting on the day of Sabbath. What also was instructed to them? Let's read 23 and 26. He said to them, this is what Yahuwah commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahuwah. So bake, here it is. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. I want to pause it for a while. Do you see a difference in the instruction on Friday? What's the difference in the instruction? The leftover, right? What are you supposed to do? Instead of discarding it, what are you supposed to do? Keep it. Save it. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. Why? Because they're not allowed to go uh, harvesting mana on Sabbath. There will be no mana for them to harvest on Sabbath. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to Yahuwah. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days are you to gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will, be, there will not be any. And so when you look at the context, is there a passage that says you're not allowed to cook 
on a Sabbath day? It doesn't say that, right? It says you're not allowed to gather the manna on a Sabbath day. That's why you're supposed to gather it in the first six days. And on the sixth day, you gather how much? Twice as much. But it does not say that you cannot cook on the Sabbath day. What's the proof that you can cook even on a Sabbath day? Well, let's read Exodus 12, 16. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. What is that? Sabbath. Do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Are we allowed to cook? Prepare food? Apparently so. Exodus chapter 12 and the verses 16. This is why statement number two is also erroneous. Let's go to statement number three. I don't know why there are people who believe that. You know, he seems to be upset and shocked, right? When people say we should observe the Sabbath. And, you know, I'm not blaming him because I used to be like that. I used to be like that. These two ministers, the way they're thinking, the way they're arguing, I used to make the same arguments. I'm going to admit that. I'm going to confess to that. And so I understand where they're coming from. This is why when we are presenting counter arguments to their arguments, it's not because we want them to look bad. It's because we want. To, I want to share with you what we have uncovered. Because the whole process of studying the Holy Bible is for us to get rid of leaven. There's a lot, there's a lot of leaven in my mind. And before we, stud, we started the Bible History Project, I was full of leaven, lots of leaven. And so when we go through the process of studying the books of the Holy Bible, all the leaven slowly has been taken away, okay? And so I'm here providing argument, counter arguments to their arguments, not because uh, we're against them personally, but because I know where they're coming from. I used to think like they think. I used to be like them because we were trained the same institution. Okay, and so what I'm share, sharing with you is what I've uncovered. And so he's saying, I don't know why there are people who believe that, you know. I used to think that way too. Those who observe the Sabbath are like evil. <laughs> They're like the worst kind of individuals, even worse than stealing. <laughs> you know, what? they observe the Sabbath, they're really bad. You know what that reminds me of? Isaiah 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet sweet for bitter. Can you imagine saying the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath is wrong, right? And Sunday is right. And so they're switching everything. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. What is considered good according to the scriptures? Romans 7, 12, therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy, just and good. Who said this? Apostle Paul. This is in the Christian era. In the Christian era, what is considered holy and good? The law of Yahuwah Abba. The Ten Commandments, including what? The Sabbath. Does it say there the law is holy and commandment, holy and just and good, except for the Sabbath? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? Right? And so what Yahuwah is calling good and holy, someone is saying it is not good and holy. And they're even shocked when people say it's good and holy. What else? What, what, what's the proof that the Sabbath is good and holy? Exodus 31, 13. Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am Yahuwah who makes you holy. And so how important is the Sabbath to Yahuwah? It's very important. How holy is it? It's very holy. 
The Bible says this will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. Not just the generations of Moses, including us today. So you may know that I am Yahuwah who makes you holy. And this is why the Sabbath today should be observed. We should not be like saying the reverse of what is right. Yahuwah God says it is good, holy, righteous. Then we too must agree with Yahuwah. Woe to those who disagree with Yahuwah. Abba. Okay, let's go to the other question. So for them, on Sabbath day, your heart and your mind you give fully to Yahuwah. So it's only for Saturdays. Is that it? We never said that. <laughs> Did we ever say that if you observe a Sabbath day, that you are saying that we should not think of Yahuwah anymore in the other days? Is that what we said? Is that what the Bible's implying? No. What is the purpose of Sabbath day? Let's read the book of Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. If you turn away from uh, turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of Yahuwah honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. And you shall delight yourself in Yahuwah. When it is Sabbath day, what should we be doing? We should delight ourselves in who? Yahuwah. Does it mean, though, that's the only day that we delight ourselves in Yahuwah? No, we should delight ourselves always in Yahuwah 24 7. If we can possibly do that, that's our aim, that's our goal. Then why do we even have a Sabbath? Because Yahuwah says, That's my holy day. You know what holy day means? What does it mean to make my day holy? Set it apart, right? Set it apart. What does that mean? Make it different from the other days. So if you make every day holy, if you make every day Sabbath, then it's no longer a special day. But who wants it to be a special day? Yahuwah. And how can we make it a special day? How can we make it stand apart? Yes, in every day, we are to delight ourselves in Yahuwah. But how can we make the Sabbath day a holy and special day? In Exodus 28 to 11, in it, you shall do no work. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Keep it set apart. Therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He made it holy. In the sense, it is different from the other days. Yes, there's a commonality in all those days. Because in all those days, we ought to love Yahuwah. But what makes it different is that we are not to do what? Work. And so if they're saying we should do um, Sabbath every day, if you do Sabbath every day, you're not going to work anymore? <laughs> you're not going to work for a living? That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible says work for a living for six, for six days and rest on the seventh day. Right? That's the biblical pattern. Not do no work for seven days. <laughs> My goodness. That's not what the Bible says. Right? Well, let's, let's go to statement number six. But here in the blank, it's every day. Love your God with all your heart, all your strength, and all your soul. Right? So then every moment we think of Yahuwah. But you do it only on Saturdays. How pitiful if that is the case. Okay. I mean, it's good that you love God with all your heart, strength, and all your soul, right? And I'm sure if, if I were to ask you, do you do that every day? You probably will say, yes, brother, I do that every day. Okay. How do you prove your love for Yahuwah Abba? Well, I think of him every day. Is that enough? <laughs> I mean, how do you prove your love for Yahuwah Abba? How? How do we prove it? How do we show to Yahuwah, Yahuwah Abba, Yahuwah, I love you? How do we do that? Just by thinking about him? 
Just by reading the books? Just by memorizing scripture? Is that how we prove that we love Yahuwah Abba? How do we prove it? Well, this is what it says, 1 John 5, 2, 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And so how can we prove our love for Yahuwah Abba? Not just by thought, not just by lips or by words, but especially by what? By deeds, right? Is Sabbath included in the commandments of Yahuwah Abba? Yeah. Is that something we should do with our heart? Psalms 119, 34, 35. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. So according to scriptures, what is one of the commandments? What should we obey if we truly love Yahuwah Abba? With all of our hearts, what should we obey? The commandments, the law of Yahuwah Abba, including what? The Sabbath, right? I mean, if you truly love Yahuwah Abba, you will want to find out in the scriptures what makes him mad and what gives him honor and pleasure, right? If you really love Yahuwah Abba, okay, if something makes him angry, are you going to do it? No. You're going to say, never am I going to do that because I know, according to scriptures, this makes him angry. And if you find out something that pleases him, what are you going to do if you love Yahuwah Abba? You do that, right? I mean, it's not rocket science, right? It's basic logic, common sense. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you love a person and you know this person hates this and loves this, what do you do? You hate what he hates and you love what he loves. Does it make sense? And so... What is it that provokes Yahuwah to anger? Let's read Exodus 20, 19, 21. I am Yahuwah your God. I told them, follow my decrees. Pay attention to my regulations. And keep my Sabbath days holy. Every day. Keep my Sabbath days what? Holy. For they are what? A sign to remind you that I am Yahuwah your God. But their children too rebelled against me. They refused to keep my decrees and follow my regulations, even though obedience would have been would have given them life. They also violated my Sabbath day. So again, I threatened to pour out my fury on them in the wilderness. What provokes the anger and even the fury? When you think of fury and anger, there's a difference, right? Fury is like unrelented anger Yahuwah God is telling us he's not just angry he's beyond angry he's not holding back he says I'm going to pour out my fury on them what causes him to be so angry because they violated his what Sabbath days and so brother minister number two if you truly love Yahuwah because you say you love him every day right then you should not violate this because to Yahuwah, but if you violate this, then you're making him angry. Well, how can you say that I love Yahuwah, but I'm going to do that, which is making him angry? It doesn't make any sense. If we truly love Yahuwah, we will do what makes him happy, right? What pleases him? What is that that pleases him? Isaiah 58, 13 to 14. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as Yahuwah's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do. 
on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly, then Yahuwah will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, Yahuwah, have spoken. I want you to examine this. Breaking the Sabbath, fury. Honoring the Sabbath, what does it say? Yahuwah says, I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised. What does that tell you? It's pleasing to who? Yahuwah. Do we truly love Yahuwah? Obey his commands. What commands? Found in the law. Found in the Torah. What's included? Observing, honoring what? The Sabbath. If we dishonor the Sabbath, we make him angry. If we do the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath, making it holy and honoring the Sabbath, Yahuwah is pleased so much so. Yahuwah God says, I will give you great honor. Doesn't that tell you a lot? If you truly love Yahuwah Abba, guess what? We have to observe the Sabbath that the Bible speaks of, okay? So, so far, of the seven statements, all six are pretty erroneous, right? Let's go to the last one. That's why being too intelligent can be a problem. Hmm. I want to think about that. Is that? Being too intelligent can be a problem. What does this have to do with saying that the Sabbath is something we need to observe during our time? I want you to think about that, right? Is it true that being too intelligent can be a problem? Well, consider this. It's really not about the amount of intelligence you have, right? It's not. Little intelligence, lots of intelligence. That's not the point. The point is what you do with that intelligence, right? Because you can have a lot of intelligence, but if you misuse it, that's not good. You can have little intelligence, but if you use it well, well, that's good. So it's not about the amount of intelligence. It's about how you use the intelligence that Yahuwah God has given you. Bible says to love him with all of our mind. And so he expects us to use our what? Mind. When we serve and worship him. The one thing Yahuwah God does not want is blindless worship, you know, like a robot. Blind followers. Do you know of any blind followers? Whatever religious leaders feed, de feed them, they say, amen, amen. Obey, never complain, they say. Because that brother said so. No, that should not be the case. It should be because Yahuwah said so. Because Yahusha said so. Not because someone else said so. So it's not about the amount of intelligence. It's about how you use that intelligence. And look, let's say if we have average intelligence, maybe low intelligence, does that mean we cannot understand the laws of Yahuwah? Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, 10 to 14, Yahuwah, your God, will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep the commandments and decrees written in this book of instruction. And if you turn to Yahuwah, your God, with all your heart and soul, this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you to understand. And it's not beyond your reach. You don't need an IQ of 120. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it in the bay. It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. What does Yahuwah tell us about his commands? This command I'm giving you is not too difficult for you to understand 
and it's not beyond your reach. This is why it's not about the amount of intelligence, but how we use our intelligence. What is the misuse of intelligence when it comes to understanding the commands of Yehovah? First Corinthians 2, 13 to 14. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. And so how can we misuse our intelligence so that we are misled from Yahuwah Abba? The Bible says we must not use words that come from human wisdom. In other words, when it comes to understanding the will of Yahuwah Abba, we cannot rely on human wisdom, right? We cannot rely on the traditions of men. What must we rely on? We must rely on what is revealed by the Spirit, the Spirit's words. Where can we find the Spirit's words? Where? The Scriptures. And so when we have intelligence, let us use our intelligence to argue, if we can call it argue, or to reason, that's perhaps a better, a better word, let us reason from what? Scripture. Do not reason from human wisdom. And so it's about using scriptures, using our intelligence to analyze scriptures. That's the proper use of our God-given intelligence. Question, when we said that we should observe the Sabbath, did we use human intelligence? What did we use in all of our Bible studies? What did we use? Was it not scriptures? Was it not the message of the Spirit? But if people still reject it, what is the conclusion of Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul says, well, only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. You see, for us to be able to understand the Scripture, we need to receive the Spirit. We need to be spiritual. We need to rely on Spirit, not tradition, okay? This is why we as human beings, why are we confident that when we study scriptures and we ask for the help of Abba, that we will be able to understand the laws of Yahuwah Abba? Let's keep reading. 2.16. For we know, for who can know Yahuwah's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. How can we understand scriptures even if we have low intelligence? If we possess the mind of who? Christ. If we possess the mind of Yahusha, you notice what Yahusha came to do? What did he do? Yahusha's mind is to go to Torah to remove what? Tradition. Man-made tradition. To think like Yahusha is to go back to the Torah so that we can remove the traditions that have blinded us for such a long time. Unless we are willing to remove the, the mindset of these traditions and truth be told, I cannot really blame my fellow ministers. You know, we all came from the same system, which set up many man-made traditions. And these man-made traditions blind us. And if we are blinded by man-made traditions, we will not have the mind of Yahusha. Because the mind of Yahusha destroyed man-made traditions to honor the scriptures, 
to honor the Torah. But unless we're willing to put on the mind of Yahusha, we cannot see that. But for us to put on the mind of Yahusha, it must begin with removing the leaven. It must begin with removing man-made traditions. Growing up in the institution, I built for myself so much leaven. And I'm just so happy. And I am very thankful to Yahuwah Abba, slowly. One by one, this leaven is being removed. And I encourage my fellow ministers to do the same thing. Remove that leaven so we can think the same way Yahusha thinks without the leaven, without the traditions of men, so that we can observe what actually is written in scriptures. And so what should we be, what should be our objective when we read the New Testament, when we read scriptures? Let's read the final passage of our studies today because we need to use our intelligence properly. It's not about the amount of intelligence. It's about how we use our intelligence. Second Peter 3, 16 to 18, final passage of our studies. He writes the same way in all his lesser letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, what should be the purpose of how we use our knowledge? Bible says, when we look at the letters of the Apostle Paul, when we look at the scriptures, we should not be ignorant. What does ignorant mean? What does ignorant mean? not knowing, right? There are people who read a passage in scripture and they make their own conclusion because they don't know the rest of scripture. And so what must be our objective? To know all of scripture. As a matter of fact, in this letter of Apostle Peter to those who follow Yahushua in the first century, the scriptures he was referring to there, what scriptures was that? That's the Old Testament. Because at that point, the New Testament was not collected yet. He was referring to the Old Testament. You see, when people lack knowledge of the Old Testament, when people lack knowledge of the scriptures, if they're ignorant of scriptures, what will they end up doing? Distort, right? Distort not only the letters of Apostle Paul, but the other scriptures as well. And so when we study the whole Bible, when we read a passage, we must check the context, not just of the chapter, but check the context of the whole scriptures. Because if not, we're going to end up twisting or distorting it. And this is what I have been trained to do before, you know, to discard, discard so much of scripture. But now that we are relying on the, the whole scripture, then we are growing in knowledge, which is what Apostle Peter wants us to do, right? Do you want to make sure that you remain in your secure position? Then do not follow the ways and the errors of lawless men. People who twist the scripture without even considering the context of the entire scriptures. And so they end up making conclusions 
like what the Pharisees said about Yahusha to be true. Can you imagine that? Yahusha does not observe the Sabbath because the Pharisees said so. But if they knew scriptures, if they knew Exodus, if they knew the Torah, then they would not say that Yahusha broke the Sabbath. And so if you do not know the scriptures, then you can read a passage and you can draw your own conclusion and you end up distorting the scriptures. And the problem with that is if you distort the scriptures, you lead yourself and others to destruction. And we don't want that to happen to you. And so brethren, let us study scriptures, all of it, all of it, not just the New Testament, all of it. Because our apostle Peter tells us we must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua the Christ, for us to best defend ourselves from deception, calling what is good bad, what is bad good, we must receive the mind of Yahushua so that we can grow in grace, knowledge. The more we know scripture, the less likely we are to be deceived to destruction. That is our lesson. Let us stand for our prayer. Everlasting Abba. Yes. Most holy and gracious Yahuwah Allahim. Amen. Thank you so much for you are good and kind. Yes. You are merciful to us all. Yes. If it were not so, none of us would be here. Yes. For many years, we confess to you, we lack much knowledge. Yes. We confess to you, we trusted the teachings of men yes. rather than doing our due diligence yes. and studying your holy book. Amen. Thank you for slowly you are removing leaven from our life, yes. from our mind. We promise you that we will broadcast this. Yes. We will proclaim this to as many people as possible. Amen. We also know loving Abba yes. in the same way that your son was persecuted. Yes. The same way the apostles were persecuted. Yes. We too will experience the very same thing. Yes. And so teach us to be strong and courageous. Yes. Help us to remain firm. And to hold on to your truth, to hold on to your Torah, Amen. that we may be firm and secure in our present standing. Amen. It is by grace that you have called us yes. to belong to your son, yes. to be in the assembly. Help us to remain so. Yes. Help us to do our best that by grace we will uphold the law, yes. proclaim your truth, and continue to prepare ourselves for the great day of salvation. Amen. We don't know when you will send your beloved son. Yes. But when we look about us, when we look at what's happening throughout yes. the world, we know that you are preparing your people. Yes. We can see how everything is being restored. Yes. We can see how you are working on our behalf yes. because you want each one of us to proclaim your truth, pure in its form, just like in the days of our King Yahushua. Our loving Mashiach Yahushua. Yes. Our life belongs to you. Yes. So long as you will permit us. Yes. We will do our best to study the gospel. Yes. To study the Torah. May you guide us with wisdom. May we have your mind. Yes. That we will know the thoughts of Abba. Yes. That we may be set free from the law of sin and death. Yes. That we may be, have this freedom. To proclaim the law of Abba. Amen. Loving Yahushua be with us. 
especially when we feel weak. Yes. But through your power and spirit, we can become strong yes. and bold as we proclaim your truth. Amen. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. Yes. May you bless the minds and hearts of those who will receive these teachings. Yes. That all of us can be enlightened by your holy commandments. Amen. We ask and beg everything, loving Abba, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.